it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Joe Biden sounds like that he is just absolutely dismissing the possibility of nuclear war. Now, I'm not going to scare you and say nuclear war is on the horizon. This is not a radio telecast of War of the Worlds. You know, we're not talking about alien invasions and things. But the fact that Vladimir Putin is calling up his nuclear assets, in other words, has made the call to put whatever military units on a, even on alert, standby alert, is absolutely frightening. I mean, we had generations of kids, many of whom now are in their 70s, that grew up during the early, early years of the Cold War. And I said this just the other day, if you look at, there's a part of your town with really old schools. If they haven't been demolished or turned into apartments, you'll see that kids went to school every day with that radioactive sign and they knew where the bomb shelter was. I mean, I can't imagine that get, you know, tucking your arms over your head and hiding under your desk was going to stop anything if there was an actual nuclear attack. But, you know, like the active shooter drills of today, for generations, school children woke up with the possibility of nuclear war with Russia. One thing we know after Vietnam, looking at the Reagan presidency, the media and the Democrats told us that if Ronald Reagan was elected president of the United States, that World War III would break out. I'm going to be 50 this summer. I remember. I remember the scare campaigns as a little kid because my dad was such a Reagan supporter. I remember the scare campaigns. Ronald Reagan's going to start World War III. Remember Strategic Defense? They called it Star Wars. He's going to start World War III. And what did he do? What did Ronald Reagan do? And I've said, I'm going to say a little caveat here, and this is not to hurt anyone's feelings. Conservatives cannot live on Reagan's legacy forever. Right? We could tell stories. We could point to historical facts the same way we do with FDR. Right? But most people voting today were not around during the time of FDR. They don't remember internment. They don't remember having Social Security imposed on the population. They just know Social Security is there. For for a generation, conservatives were able to point to the Reagan legacy of eight years of peace and prosperity. But you've got voters now that were born on 9-11, after 9-11. They don't remember the Reagan legacy. But Reagan worked, yes, with OPEC nations, 
to crash the price of oil because the Russian economy was so dependent on it. We cut taxes under Reagan with a Democrat Congress, <clears throat> and we built up the military. We made it mathematically impossible for the Russians to outpace our military development, and the Soviet Union fell. When you look at what people like Bill Clinton and Barack Obama saw, the left, see, this is what I, I, I don't understand about, and we see some bizarre, everyone's pointing to whatever, I don't stand with anyone who thinks Putin is the good guy here. This whole denazification thing, look, if that's, if that's what you're into, I'm just going to say this is not the radio program for you. Because I, I, that's just, I, I'm, I'm not going, that's, I don't care what sources you're pointing to. There's an American Nazi party. There's still a Ku Klux Klan. Do you think, do you think we would, that, that we would allow, if the Chinese said, well, you know, during the George Floyd protests, it's obvious that Americans are not upholding this so far. We're just going to invade and, peace, and do some peacekeeping there. We would never accept that. We would never, we would never tolerate that. So if you're, if you're buying into that, Good for you. You're probably a nice person. This is not the radio program for you because I'm not going there. Anyway. Anyway. <clears throat> and I know I'm going to get some angry, angry social media postings from anonymous accounts. Where was I going with this? Reagan built up the military. And you saw the Democrats move to this idea that we need to cut defense spending and invest in social welfare programs. And they run around screaming, well, you know, we, we spend more in our military than the top 10, 10 economies combined. Okay, well, again, you can't point at every human rights atrocity around the world and say, well, we've got to send the military in. Now, I know some of this stuff gets labeled isolationist, but you can't increase the responsibilities of the military and decrease its resources. Also, you cannot proclaim the moral superiority of NATO and expect the American taxpayer to fully fund NATO while other nations are spending on their welfarist programs only to have the Democrats say, see, we don't... We should have free health care or single uh, free health care or debt free college tuition. Okay, well then, you know maybe if our allies spent a little bit more or at least contributed their agreed upon fair share, then we could talk. But you can't say how dare you, how dare you talk to our European allies like that, Trump. And want to spend as they do. They're able to spend. Look at Finland. Finland's on Russia's border. The Scandinavian countries are not part of NATO. They're not even part of the EU. You, you know, they don't have to be. Everyone knows the history of World War II. Why would Finland join, join NATO? They don't have to. 
They know we're not going to let the Russians, they know the world is not going to let the Russians advance. Well, actually with what's happening in Ukraine right now, that's got them a little scared and they are talking about trying to join NATO now, but that's besides the point. But traditionally, the fact that NATO existed contained any future Russian aggression during the Cold War and up till about this moment. So other nations will say, well, we don't have to join these collectives. I mean, as long as Russia's not on the move, they're not going to bother us. Other nations have been able to plot their budgets, what I'm saying, their spending, with the assumption that the Americans will always be there to be the world police. Well, you cannot... Look at the America. We cannot say, well, we have to be the world police, but we're also going to spend as lavishly on, on, on these welfarist programs. You can't have it both ways. The government of the United States doesn't have limitless resources. We're $30 trillion in debt. $30 trillion in debt. And what did we do? One of the things that was giving us a lot of relief just two years ago was the fact that a gallon of gas was about two bucks a gallon. Was about two bucks a gallon. We were able to increase our output. We were moving rapidly to net export. We could have potentially replaced Russia as a supplier or at least competed for market share in Europe. We didn't do that. Joe Biden came in and killed the Keystone XL pipeline, which would allow American refiners to refine Canadian oil, our partner. He canceled that deal. It's funny, Trudeau doesn't have the guts anymore to act like he's upset about that. He's not really, he doesn't really seem to be that upset about it anymore. But we would have seen 800,000 barrels per day from that pipeline we are importing 600,000 barrels per day from Russia you know when we said that Biden would end up being because he's so empty he's so empty being the third term of Obama man you want some proof that he's right let's go back to 2012 when the war on coal began I'm sorry, 2008, the war on coal began. The war on oil and natural gas began four years later with Obama. Play cut 10. You know that we can't just drill our way to lower gas prices. Actually, we can. There are no quick fixes or silver bullets. If somebody tells you there are, they're not telling you the truth. If we're going to take control of our energy future, which we have to do, if we're going to avoid high gas prices every single year with a lot of politicians talking every single year but nothing happening if we're going to avoid that then we've got to have an all of the above strategy that develops every single source of american energy not just oil and gas but also wind and solar and biofuels we've got to keep developing the technology that allows us to use less oil in our cars and trucks less oil in our buildings, and our factories. And that's the strategy we've been pursuing for the last three years. And it's the only real solution to this challenge. 
You know, there's a part of that I don't disagree with. All of the above. That's great. All of the above. Is that what we're doing? No, it's not. We are gutting oil and natural gas in the hope that the wellspring of hope that all the unicorns and all the cute and fuzzy bunnies and all the baskets full of puppies are going to deliver this magical green energy like some cartoon leprechaun is going to ride a rainbow into the United States and go, oh, here you go. Here's green energy. Oh, green like, like a shamrock. The hell are you talking about? This is absolute proof. What we're seeing right now with Russian aggression, the fact that our partners still can't, listen to Jen Psaki. So we can destroy our own energy. One of the best parts, well, the Keystone XL pipeline wasn't going to really down bring, bring prices down. Okay, then why not sanction the Russian energy? Well, that'll, that'll skyrocket price. Let me get this straight. You mean taking our supply off the ledger doesn't make prices go up, but taking their supply off ledger does? What the hell are you talking about? Play cut six. Even if you look um, at the impact uh, on the uh, energy sector, you know, we have we have taken steps. Um, we have not taken some steps on uh, energy sanctions. Uh, in part because we weigh that. It um, doesn't mean they're, out, they're off the table. That remain, they remain on the table. But Europeans, for example, are very concerned about further price spikes on, on gas in particular. Their prices have gone up 335% over the last through, yes, over the last year and 26% over the last five days. So sanctioning energy would affect Russia's income stream. Certainly that would be a reason to do it, but it would also have extreme consequences on the world energy markets, particularly for our allies in Europe. So I use that as an example because we have to weigh all of the factors as we uh, weigh whether to take additional steps. We have additional steps we could take, but we consider all of those factors as we make determinations. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. There's only two factors here, supply and demand. That's it. Obama said you can't drill your way to lower energy prices. Well, if you are producing more supply to meet demand, the more supply that you have, the lower the price for demand. If there's more demand than supply, then price goes up. If there's more supply than demand, price goes down. This is the woman they say is going to replace Rachel Maddow. Now, I can't tell if she's genuinely this stupid or this is the pseudo-intellectual bullstein that that just assume that, well, if common sense, if common sense would dictate that if there's more of something, it's less expensive, they just reject common sense because they think that their divine their divine understanding comes from something on high and whatever the commoner accepts they must reject is there anybody who believes is there anybody who believes that something in more supply doesn't mean it affects price i will give you a perfect example right now if there was a warehouse full of uncirculated Superman number one comic books. Do you think that would affect the current price 
of all existing and circulation Superman number one comic books? If, and I know, I was watching a documentary on it. Can you imagine if somebody found a warehouse full of never worn, original, black, white, and red Air Jordans, never worn, an entire warehouse, all sizes, kids through adults. There's a sneaker trade out there. People spend big bucks on vintage sneakers. Big bucks, big dollars. Can you imagine what would happen if somebody discovered? Imagine we had a we had a landing on another planet. And they found enormous stockpiles of gold. Of course that would affect things. Everything is affected by rarity. Everything. You can join me live on the Wilcow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west, on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125. <laughs>